I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to The 34. So I'm going to pan out here a little bit. So, so I'm Bill Huntington, Dr. Bill. This with, is Jonathan. So in case um, you aren't familiar, Dr. Bill is with Progressive Democrats of America, who That's does right. absolutely fantastic work out there. Thank you. This is Jonathan Spicer from Orange. audience in Orange County. Orange County is generally more yeah. corporatist, less cons- uh, less progressive, more conservative. Um, How has that been? The people generally are with us, but we've, but we've had comments from both sides, but then the local politicians are not progressive in any way, so they are really cheap on track. So that's what we're working on, Orange City, right now. The mayor and the council members, it's all Republican, then they... They're not budging for now, anyway. The, right they on. think they they think they they they're doing enough, but they really really are. Oh, they're not doing. Clearly, they're not doing. I mean, no. you just have to look at the fires. That the intensity yeah. Yeah. and the length of our fire season here in California. Now, we as we witnessed this week, my parents had to be evacuated actually on Wednesday from one of these areas. Yeah. And uh, you know, you wouldn't have seen. This is like November first now, so no rain in sight, no humidity, extreme temperatures. I I don't know how. At some point, we have to come to terms with this is a existential threat to our well-being, and none of these other issues matter if we don't do something about it. That's my strong opinion. Well, we do have movements on the ground in Orange County, and and, you know, in uh, multiple cities at this point. Um, Most of them have adopted a climate plan of some kind or other. So, you know, a local response to, especially the the threat of fire, because we mostly have had drought conditions. But as you know, we had uh, excessive rain this last year as well. Yeah, that's uh, true. Which has caused a lot more vegetation. Yeah. And that, that, you know, after the summer, of course, dries out and provides fuel for fire. So um, so most cities, especially ones that are... um, uh, have uh, in, um, city limits up against the foothill areas uh, where there's a lot of open space and dry brush, uh, have climate action plans. A lot of them are moving to um, to uh, kind of a city-oriented uh, climate, uh, laying on the term, what, what are those, the city plans? Oh, the community like choice energy. Community choice yeah. energy, yeah. We have like, the uh, city of Irvine is, uh, is very soon to adopt a community choice. Uh, city of Anaheim is developing that as well. So, so there's more movement in Orange County than, than you might expect. Right, and, okay. And a lot of that has to do with the blue wave, the changing demographic. Uh, you know, politically in, in Orange County, and, and you know, and that's been a long time coming. But the, but those of us in the activist community, we're, we're not letting up. That's, right on. that's what it means is to, is to move things forward that way and make progress. I think part of the problem is still that uh, people think that doing some things is enough, but if you if you do some things and not everything the risk of the, of climate change being as bad as it is being predicted is still there. Hello? Okay, hi everyone. So up next we have our 
Jesus Vienta. He was, he was an organizer, but now he's a state lead of California for Youth Contract LA. Um, he's really amazing, and he's going to be talking about, um, he is a climate refugee, so he's going to be speaking about that. But I'm going to let him introduce himself, because he does a point. Jesus, what do you have? Más que nada, primero voy a hablar en mi idioma natal. Um, le quiero dar muchas gracias a todo mi pueblo latino por unirse a nosotros hoy. Me da mucho orgullo el día de hoy de ser uno de los um, organizadores de estas huelgas a nivel estatal. Um, ahora yo soy el director de las huelgas a nivel del estado de California. Um, and I'm going to continue in English because I want to make sure that the most people possible can understand. Um, well, now I am the, the state lead for the California strikes, right? California Youth Climate Strike. Um, and as I think about this and I look at you all, and I see who's had both of our sides and who was organizing along with us, and who is volunteering and who is in the audience. I can't help but remember uh, when we were just four students in Pasadena on February 28th at 4 p.m. in a little store owned by one of the organizers' parents where we talked about how we wanted to change the world. Um, I, can't, I still remember when I was watching the news, I've always been someone who watches the news, especially as a minority, I think a lot of us depend on knowing what the current news is, so that we know how to stay safe. Um, and so I was keeping up with the news about this young woman uh, across the sea in Sweden who was missing school um, every week for the climate. And so there was a, a call to action on March 15th. And um, as, as one would do, you're like, where do I sign up for the climate strike, right? Um, and so I did that. I looked for where to sign up. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find it. And so that's where the four kids in Pasadena at 4 p.m. on February 28th come in. Um, before starting my journey, I didn't know much about climate change. I thought it was all about um, polar bears and ice caps and uh, consuming less water and so much more that you're taught in school, right, like to turn off the lights. But as I looked deeper into the issue and as I had more conversations with other people of color in my situation, I came to find out that the, that the problem was much more sinister and that the situation that we're in right now has been caused because of centuries of the effects of systems of oppression on our people. Well, I do not claim, I do not claim being indigenous because I have not lived through the atrocities that many indigenous people have had to endure. I do acknowledge that my ancestry comes of that and I also mourn the loss and the assimilation and the torture that my ancestors had to go through for me to get to where I am today. Um, today, as you guys may know, is the beginning of a three-day um, day of the dead, days of the dead um, experience in my home country of Mexico. 
Um, and today we start by celebrating uh, Dia de los Pabuelitos, which is the day of our lost young ones. Um, and so I can't help but remember um, my namesake, right, which was my late uncle. He died after a year of birth. And I always think back to my namesake and I think these are the things that he would have wanted to live through through me. And so I think of all of the children that have lost their lives doing exactly what we are doing today. I think of all of the children that are risking their lives in Mexico, in Colombia, in Brazil, in Russia, in China. They are putting their skin out there and they are really in danger. The students in Chile. And it is no surprise that in our communities of color, we have the most oil wells and that we are extracting oil next to little children's bedrooms. And it's nasty, it's disgusting. And the fact that we haven't said anything, or well, we have said a lot of things, and some people in government are catching up and others we've had to put out of the way and make them catch up. Um, but I think my final message to you all, because I really want to talk about everything, um, is to not forget the little people. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a little person uh, or that I'm a big person, but we need to be mindful of the people that we are interacting with in a day-to-day -day life. Um, today in this crowd, I have seen people from my beautiful community of Southeast Los Angeles. And I see my teacher over there. Well, he's my teacher now. Um, and so I've had incredible guidance from, from elders, from, from Lydia, she's my daughter now. Um, and I'm just so, so excited that we are growing as people and that we are not taking shit anymore. Um, so when we talk about issues, don't forget our undocumented people, our people of color, our indigenous people, our trans women of color. So when we talk about carbon taxes, remember that the people that are going to be suffering it are the people that need it most, which is usually not rich people. But we also need to remember that these are the rich people that are profiting from the extraction of these minerals that are contaminating our communities. And so by limiting their extraction and by encouraging, right, as many people say, the free markets, um, and I'm not advocating for green capitalism, I think that's bullshit, but we should allow for demand to take control. We should allow for the people to get what they want, and that is clean energy. And that is something that, gov that Governor Newsom is not listening to, but he will listen now, because we will make it. Thank you. So next, next up is our logistics director, Sarah Risi. She is currently she's currently in junior high school. She's an advocate for LGBTQ rights, and she is in her school's GSA. She's heavily she's heavily involved in the speech debate and youth and government programs. She's the vice president of her school's environmental science club, and she helps lobby for local environmental and activities because of her passion for activism and leadership. Please give it a round of applause for Sarah.
On September 20th, we made history. Worldwide, over 4 million people disrupting their daily routines to demand climate justice. To tell our politicians that our futures matter, and to insist that the government prioritizes people over profit. On September 20th, I decided to strike because the air pollution in LA puts my friends, family, and me at a higher risk of respiratory illness. I strike because fires seem to be constantly raging far too close to my home. And I strike because I am terrified to pass down to the next generation a planet that is uninhabitable. Today, we are proving that September 20th was not an isolated event. We are proving that multi-million dollar companies simply cannot continue to destroy our environment without consequences. And we are proving that our youth will hold the leaders accountable. We do not take our futures lightly. In a few short years, we are going to be a huge voting block. And that is a threat. We know what we want. We want to end fossil fuel infrastructure. Governor Newsom, are you going to allow 720,000 acres of our central coast to be leased to oil and gas? 5.4 million Californians live less than a mile from other areas of deforestation globally. The Amazon rainforest, which is a huge carbon sink, is being slashed and burned to keep up with our demand. Each year, 8 million tons of plastic candy wrappers, forks, bottles, and fishing nets enter our ocean. We have to make our demands actions. It's okay if you can't go vegan completely or go zero waste, but every little contribution helps. Imagine the impact if everyone at this strike stopped the use of environmentally harmful product products. The impact of that would be huge. It is an issue of supply and demand. We have to end the demand for products that are destroying our environment and create a demand for sustainable alternatives. We need to make it impossible for policymakers to ignore us. We can do that by changing our own actions, but also by using our power to vote ineffective leaders out of office. So, Governor Newsom, I hope you see this crowd today. Because each and every person here will vote you out unless you meet our demands. Thank you. Go, Our next speaker is Dee Garcia. Dee is the Youth Director for the Democratic National Committee's Environmental and Climate Crisis Council. She is originally from Denver, Colorado, but now is studying peace and justice studies at Whittier College. Working from all different angles to affect change, you first saw her March 15th. Now please welcome Dee today.
and they invited me to speak at one of their earlier speeches, I mean events. And I was really excited because there were these youth, these middle and high schoolers who were so passionate about the work that we're doing. And it was such a successful event, we had hundreds of people turn out. And now as I look across, I see thousands of people. And this is all from the work that the youth are putting in for our future. So thank you. <clears throat> Step out and smell the fresh air. <coughs> Just don't breathe too deep. Don't let the particulate matter make your body its host. Cause we're breathing in that shit from coast to coast. It seeps into your lungs like butter on toast. That's why we out on the streets doing the most. Make sure you drink your water today. But don't drink it from the tap, okay? Because <laughs> your body is going to be the one to pay. And justice is rarely served right away. We out here going on strike, while other companies be like, please say psych. We got the power to say that we dislike the treatment of our black indigenous all alike. They say take the bus or hop on your bike. That ain't accessible to all. Let me tell the truth on this mic. Cause I don't gotta share about my oppression to question these systems. I'll share my experiences at my own discretion. My identity do not up for tokenization. So let's have a discussion. Let's talk about mitigation. Step down and smell the fresh air. <laughs> but don't think too deep. Be the change you want to see. Look around. Look at me. As I look around, I see young, the youth working like beasts. Because we know that we got the right keys. So let me lay the facts as cleanly as can be. As a country, we got to go clean. It's time that we respect indigenous land. Who says that we have the governing hand? Honor the treaties, honor the sovereignty, have resource extraction immediately. You know we all want a just transition, so go ahead and pass that legislation. We scream, Green New Deal! Y'all say that's just not how we feel, but we gotta talk about opportunity. Environmental justice is not just a buzzword. Environmental justice will make our voices heard. It's time to invest in, protection, in land protection and work towards reforestation. Sustainable lifestyles must be an implementation because the true enemy here is industrialization. Feel the ground shake as we march through the streets. Hear our voices echo as we scream through the city. Watch us rise as we reclaim our power. Now this is going to be a little bit of a call and response. When I say rise up, y'all say rise up. Rise up! Rise up! Rise up! I'm calling the youth to rise up. I'm calling the LGBT to rise up. I'm calling the LGBTQ community to rise up. Rise up. Rise up! I'm calling on our immigrants and refugees.
Good afternoon. How are y'all doing? My name is Ashley Hernandez, and I am with Communities for a Better Environment. Um, your next speaker is someone I've been working with very dearly and very closely for many years. Niski Gomez is a Oaxacan teen, 17 years old, living in, in um, Wilmington, California, um, recognized as ground zero to big oil. Today, she's joining us to speak on her experiences and her battle and struggle to make sure that the fossil industry does not win priority over our lives. Let's be clear, if we in California and Los Angeles region want to see change, we must make sure that Wilmington, California cease to protect oil industries before people of color. This issue that Niski will be sharing is something that's touching a lot of our lives. Whether we're here because of our diet or whether we're here because of other reasons, we want to be very clear that in California, we must phase out fossil fuels. We must protect communities of color. And we must allow youth like Niski that come from the front lines, that represent the issues at the front lines, not only speak on this issue, but lead in this movement. It is a great pleasure that I'm here to not only present to y'all Niski, but I want you all to embrace her into this movement and listen to the narrative that she's telling us all. Because if we want to stand in solidarity with the front line, we need to make sure we listen. We need to make sure we're open, and we need to make sure we act alongside them. So please give a round of applause for Niski Gomez um, from Wilmington, California. Hello, hope you have been enjoying this day. My name is Niski Gomez, and I am a student at SMC. I currently live and organize in Wilmington, California, and I'm a member of Youth for Environmental Justice, the youth program with Communities for a Better Environment. As a frontline resident, I see oil drilling in my parks, near my home, at my school, and throughout my community. Oil operators are known for following rules and regulations. The toxic chemicals from the drilling operations pollute our local environment and create many health impacts for our frontline. We don't have access to clean air to breathe, safe water to drink, or healthy soil to grow food in. This is what environmental injustice feels like to the front line. My community not only has the extraction of oil, but we also have the refinery. There are three oil refineries surrounding my community, and they produce one-third of California's oil. Big oil and gas operations are major greenhouse polluters that are a major part of our warming climate and worsening health. I also live near the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach. Combined, it's the biggest park complex in the nation. Currently, 70% of all goods imported through the ports go through the 710 freeway, one of the five freeways surrounding my community. The reality is that people of color like myself and my community are often facing attacks in places where we learn, sleep, and play. I believe that this isn't right. We should live in healthy communities, free from fossil fuels, and that is why I'm standing with you all today. It is important to push back on big oil. These fossil fuel industries are a threat to our health and future. 
We need to see rollback on these projects coming to our communities because they are impacting our health with high rates of asthma, birth defects, and cancer. We shouldn't have to deal with these polluters next to our homes. And that is why in my community, we have done something about it. In 2015, South LA and CBU Youth sued the city of LA for overstepping permits for all the dream sites. The city settled and we created a new public um, process and guidelines for new oil drilling. Personally, this victory was, very, was a very big moment for me. I have never felt so powerful, and I am still happy knowing that youth of color can put a stop to big oil. And they're attempting to business as usual in our community. This law also proves that you are leading the fight for the right to a healthy future and that we will keep fighting for environmental justice until we gain the basic human rights we deserve. Now our city council needs to end oil drilling by implementing a 2,500-foot housing safety buffer. This is a call to Councilman Joe Buscaino as my district's city, city council member. Our district has the highest concentration of oil drilling sites. You have been silent on this issue far too long. Where have you been? Why have you been quiet while we face this threat? We are all looking at you in the city of LA. It is time for California's Governor Newsom to use his power to stop fossil fuel industries from polluting our climate and our communities. Together with groups like Communities for a Better Environment, Stand LA, and Last Chance Alliance, we are fighting the health impacts from fossil fuels in our community. So everyone, let's take action now and make it clear to our governor. I want everyone that is standing with us to join the last chance to urge our governor to end fossil fuel industry in California. Let's take action now. Everyone, take out your phones. Text Governor Newsom to 97779. Again, text Governor Newsom to 9779. Thank you all for taking the action and letting Governor Newsom know that we don't want all of you where we are living. We know the fight doesn't end here, but there, there's still so much more to do. This march is not the finale, but it's bringing awareness that you are here to make changes that elected leaders have thought to do so. So do me one last favor. We're going to call and response chant. So when I say you, I want you guys to say action as loud as I can. Let's do this. When I say you, you say action. You. wasn't the correct text, but we'll get you the right one soon. Sorry about that. So our next speaker is Nayeli Kovo. At age nine, she engaged in community activism for the first time. Growing up across the street from Allen Co. Energy and all around her community, Nayeli noticed her health took a turn for the worse. 
She worked with her community to create a grassroots campaign called People Not Pezos in hopes to permanently shut down Alanco Energy. Nayeli is a co-founder of South Los Angeles Youth Leadership Coalition, a member of Stand LA who works tirelessly to establish a 2,500-foot 2, 2, buffer between oil extraction and homes and other sensitive lands. So give it up for Nayeli. Thank you. gonna blush. I, oh, how's everybody doing tonight? Today, sorry. Alright, it is so beautiful to stand up here and see all these beautiful faces gathered here for a cause. I choose to see beauty in everything, so while this is a climate crisis, there's hope. There's hope because we're standing here in solidarity, raising our fists high in the air, chanting for our future. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. My name is Nayeli Kobo. I am 18 years old and have been in the fight to end environmental racism and end urban oil drilling since the age of nine. Why start at such a young age? Because every voice matters, no matter whose voice or their education. Everyone has a story to share and everyone deserves to be heard. So here's my story. I call myself an accidental activist as I did not wake up one morning and decide to fight. I was forced to fight for my community, our health, and our lives. I grew up 30 feet across the street from an oil well called Alanco Energy that operates on land leased to them by the Archdiocese of LA. Yeah. As a community, we said enough is enough and turned ourselves from victims to fighters. We, turned our, we started a grassroots campaign called People Not Bozos, which means people not wells, and started sharing our story, going to town hall meetings, city hall hearings, contacting media, while simultaneously doing research about oil extraction as nobody was gonna defend the poor, black and brown, Spanish-speaking, low-income immigrant community. That's right. It was up to us to learn about gravel packing, slant drilling, fracking, acidizing. We had to become the experts. While growing up next to this oil well, I noticed my health take a toll for the worse. I had headaches, stomach pains, body spasms that got so severe, I had to be carried from one place to another. Heart palpitations, and I had to use a heart monitor for several weeks. I have asthma, and that's something I'm always going to have to live with. And there's things that can come up in the future. I have a higher risk of developing cancer and possible damage to my reproductive system. But it wasn't just me. It was most of my community. We started advocating for change, calling in our community, calling on regulatory agencies to protect us, to simply do their jobs. In November 2013, former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer flew out and had a press conference with my community in front of Alangal Energy. She pled them to, see, to cease operations, and they did so on good terms. I'm very proud to say Allen Gold Energy has been temporarily shut down for five years now, going on six. <laughs> going on six this November 22nd. We then noticed we were not the only community being affected by oil, neighborhood oil drilling. This is when Stand LA was born with the mission to pass an ordinance to establish a 2,500-foot health and safety buffer zone for our health, safety, and environment. Standing here speaking to all of you, seeing people from not only across the city or the state, but the country or the world. Today we stand here with Greta, who came to stand in solidarity from Sweden. And I 
I can't help but notice to see the absence of our elected officials. I call on Governor Gavin Newsom to defend our health, environment, and lives. I call on the Archdiocese of Los Angeles to end leases where urban oil drilling takes place. Alamo Energy operates with nine surrounding schools, including a Catholic school, a daycare, and a high school for children with disabilities. By allowing this oil well to spew toxic emissions is yet another way the Archdiocese is abusing children. I call on our elected officials to stand up to big oil, to remember we put them in those seats and we can just as easily take them out. They work for us and it is their duty to defend us. It is time to switch to clean, renewable energy. There is no more time to waste. I believe everyone has a right to breathe clean air despite their age, gender, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, or zip code. Yeah. Clean air is a basic human right. Now say it with me. Si se puede, si se puede, si se puede. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin J. Patel is a youth environmental activist from Los Angeles, as well as being the co-deputy partnerships director for the youth-led climate youth movement, Zero Hour, as an organizer and advocacy director for Youth Climate Strike LA. Kevin is also the founder and executive director of One Up Action, doing direct actions within the community. Kevin has been a climate activist for over five years, fighting for his fellow Angelinos and students alike, so that students and community members are aware about the climate crisis and its effects on their everyday lives. Kevin, is along, with the, along with the help of a student, has created the very first in the world and the U.S. Youth Climate Commission, not just within L.A., but L.A. County, all 88 cities. It's to build bridges for youth to get involved in the government and to have their voices as youth leaders heard and for them to take direct action. So give it up for Kevin. Thank you. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. My name is Kevin J. Patel. Our city is on fire. Our world is on fire. We already know that the climate crisis is the single greatest issue of our time. We have only 11 years left for politicians and world leaders to meet the Paris Agreement goals, to ultimately, to ultimately determine the future of our world, where we are fighting for not just the planet, but for all of humanity, to determine the fate of our generation and generations to come. The climate crisis isn't just about the future, it is about our lives. From the fires in California, to the fires in the Amazon rainforest, to the, to the fires all over the world, people are already experiencing the devastating, devastating impacts of the climate crisis. This is about the air we breathe, the water we drink, the houses that are burnt down, the people who are suffering and dying. This is about humanity. It is hard to see members of my community being disproportionately affected by the climate crisis. I have experienced firsthand the devastating effects of the climate crisis. When I was in fifth grade, I was diagnosed with heart palpitations as a result of living in Los Angeles, one of the most air polluted cities in America. I recall spending most of my middle school years in and out of the hospital. 
My, my parents were scared for me and still are to this day. Even now that I have graduated from high school and am in college, I still notice that my community, the place I call home, is being destroyed by the very thing that caused my issue. The state of California is known to be the bluest states in America, but yet we are still affected by wildfires, droughts, heat waves, and toxic oil wells and refineries. While Governor Newsom has talked the talk, he has, not, he has failed to follow through. Under his watch, California has issued over 2,000 new fossil fuel drilling permits, and most of which in communities of color, and most of which in communities of color and low-income communities. Being one of the bluest states in America is not an excuse not to act on the climate crisis. It is not the rich and affluent communities of Los Angeles that are affected first. It is the low-income communities of color that are. I want my governor, Gavin Newsom, to hear my voice. Will you stand up for my community and my generation? Or will you take the side of fossil fuel elites? We need leaders who will take urgent action required to stop the worst effects of the climate crisis. Governor Newsom, your complacency is killing me. It is killing all of us. Oftentimes, in our fight for climate justice, the climate movement and media tend to leave out the voices of frontline youth and youth of color. But we are here today to say that we will no longer be silenced into submission because it ultimately benefits those who want us to stay silent. Those who want us to stay silent. Exxon, Chevron, our voices and stories will mark will mark the books of sorry. Our voices and stories are critical to exposing the fossil fuel industry for what it really is, an industry that profits off human rights violations. We, ref we refuse to see our communities being destroyed for corporate profit. While little action matters, what we need is what we need is a revolution because frontline communities are out of time. We need climate justice now. Frontline communities are here to lead the fight. We are here to take back the lives that were stolen from us. We don't have a hidden we don't have a hidden agenda. We simply want to live. We are leading the fight because we we can see through the lip service and lies that politicians give us when they don't want to tell us to our faces that your life doesn't matter more than my wallet. We are not afraid to call it what it is, but it's BS. We have nothing to lose, and you have stolen our childhoods, our health, our safety, our homes, but we will not let you take our futures. We are tired of hearing the same discussions about solutions when we already know what must be done. Stop drilling us deeper into fossil fuel and climate chaos and start following leadership from youth, indigenous peoples, peoples of color, and all of us who are building the solutions on the front lines because we don't have time left. We are no longer asking for permission to live. We are demanding it. The youth are here. You are either with us in this fight or you are against us. We are here as proof that frontline youth will overcome that you have failed us in silencing us. We, we fight for a future where one day it will be us who will be the world leaders. So Governor Newsom and to all the politicians in the world, get ready. You are about to have a front row seat to not only a revolution, but a revolution of youth and adults. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, I would like to introduce you a very good friend of mine from Sweden. 
She has traveled across oceans, across mountain range, and vast deserts to be with us here today. Today, I'm proud to introduce to you Greta Thunberg. Thank you all so much for coming here. It is an honor for me to stand next to you today, together in this fight. And it is great to be in Los Angeles and in California. And I, I want to say a special thank you to the youth organizers in Los Angeles who made this possible. We recognize we are on indigenous land. The village of LA is Yanga. The people were Yavatang. Now they are often called Gabrielino Tongva for the entire Los Angeles basin. Earlier this week, I visited Paradise in California and I met with survivors who showed me around the devastation. Street after street with no houses left. I heard heartbreaking stories. 18,000 buildings were destroyed and at least 86 people died. Today in California, we can see the wildfires happening just around the corner. Wildfires that are being intensified by the climate crisis. But it's not just here. Everywhere around the world, we can see these horrible environmental feedbacks that countless of people are suffering and dying from. Right now, we are living in the beginning of a climate and ecological breakdown. And we cannot continue to look away from this crisis anymore. I mean, what is it that seems to be hard, so hard to understand? We have been repeating the same message over and over again. The scientists have been repeating the same message over and over and over again. And yet, they are still not being listened to. It is the year 2019. Why is the world still ignoring the science of those most affected by this crisis? 
Are the people in power still pretending that everything is fine and as if we could just continue to live like now as if there was no tomorrow? Well, there is a tomorrow. It is the tomorrow where we, young people, will live. And we need to fight for that tomorrow, and we need to protect it as if our lives depended on it. Because it does. People are already suffering and dying from the climate and ecological emergency. And it will continue to get worse. Doesn't this mean anything to the decision makers? We will, and I will never understand how they can put short-term interests above human lives, above the planet itself, and our very futures. But we young people have had enough. We say no more. And if our parents won't speak up for us, then we will. We have drawn the line and we will make sure that the people in power don't get away with continuing like now. The older generations are failing us. They are failing future generations. But future generations do not have a voice. And the biosphere doesn't have a voice. So we will be the voice that speaks up for them. And we will be the voice speaks up for ourselves. And that right now, that is what we are doing. We are speaking up. And that is what we will continue to do every Friday when we strike and every single day that goes by. We are speaking up and we will not be silenced. Do you think they are listening to us? Well, we will make them listen.